The tip of the tongue, the lips, the teeth. The tip of the tongue, the lips, the teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Red leather. Yellow leather. leather. Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I am your host, Kirsty, and this week I am joined by a very special guest known to his friends as Brown Jesus. He's the teacher who stole our hearts on Indian matchmaking. Vyasa, thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. You had your hands over your eyes at Brown Jesus. I mean, you haven't got the long locks anymore. <laughs> No, I'm I'm running in the opposite direction now. I'm afraid hair is trying to get off my head as fast as it can. It's a it's a crying shame. I'm not I'm not happy about it. But I I do miss those days because it was great because people call you Brown Jesus when you got long brown hair. But I also was in a metal band, so it just fit, you know. Yes. I was in a metal band for about five minutes and uh, yeah, I it's not for me. I mean, we tried to call it like the Evanescence kind of style because I'm classically trained, but it was really just me kind of squeaking over a wall of sound. It did not, <laughs> it did not work. <laughs> I was the drummer, but we didn't have enough money for a full drum kit. So they're like, it's fine, folk metal. I said, I don't know what folk metal means. He said, well, we're going to play thing. bass and guitar and I'm going to sing and you're going to play these bongos. I was like, all right, I've never played the bongos in my life. Uh- <laughs> folk metal. Wow, that's a new one. Okay, all right. I mean, it kind of fits into the Jesus hippie vibe, I think. Yeah, you know, just if if Jesus, you know, just sang about gnomes and fantasy woodland creatures and based songs off of Dungeons and Dragons games that he had played, then yeah, that was what we have done. If I was going to guess what Jesus would sing about, it would be gnomes and mythical creatures. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing as you brought it up, Uh, There was a question from one of my listeners. Um, Where is it? Carl. He wanted to know, what are your favorite comic books and what's your favorite tabletop RPG, which I've learned means role-playing games? That is correct. Good job. Ten points. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So in terms of comic books, uh, I have always been a big lover of Hellboy. Hellboy was the first comic book I really ever remembered reading uh, as as at least a college student and a young adult. Um, But for me, honestly, a lot of it started with those old school uh, Hal Foster comics with Prince Valiant in the Sunday papers. These big, beautiful, full color illustrations that I would just sit and eat cake and milk with and read. and it was where I really started to love comics. Nowadays, as I've, I've gotten older, I'm a really big fan of supporting independent presses and small presses. Um, they need all of your support, all of your love. Support your web comics. Uh, support your creators. There's a really great one right now called Johnny Wander that's up. It's a really, it's just made by two beautiful people, and they have just hilarious stories to tell. And they're like one of the most talented artists I can think of working in the space right now. Um, in terms of actual print media that's coming out. Uh, Again, anything that Dark Horse makes, I'm a fan of. There's a great series called East of West right now that I've fallen so much in love with that it's my uh, it's the name of my Wi-Fi, actually, East of West. <laughs> Not the password. You assholes don't get that. But, <laughs> yeah. The second, the second part of the question was RPG, RPG. right? RPG, yeah. Yes. So, my uh, God, I, I've been playing Dungeons & Dragons since I was, like, 14. Um, I have... I started playing other games other than Dungeons and Dragons that were role-playing games probably when I was 18 in my first year of college. Um, if I had a favorite system, gosh, this is a tough one. 
because I've, I've, I've played a lot of them and it's kind of hard to like pick one that's just good. There's a real, you know what? There's one that I'd never get to play. No one ever wants to play it with me, but it is a really good one. It's an old school game. It's called, it's, got a, it's called Trail of Cthulhu. Cthulhu, the big elder god, you know, everyone loves to make fun of Cthulhu. But it's like a 1920s era gumshoe detective type role playing game <laughs> where everyone is just sort of like an unlikely 1920s archetype that has been thrust into this eldritch madness and has to kind of figure it out for themselves. But it's not like a traditional, like, I cast lightning bolt and roll this d20. You know, it's a lot more about, it's like improv. It's like it's like role-playing improv with a little bit of dice mechanics and a very little light rules thrown in because it's a lot more about solving mysteries. And it's kind of like a murder mystery, except the whodunit is not the butler in the yard with a with a trophy. It's, you know, the elder god from beyond space and time with his horrible tentacles, you know, at every point in reality. Like, just like... You know, ah. it's, 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 you know, it's fun. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's just a very different way of playing Clue, basically. It sounds, it sounds really great. I mean, my, I grew up as, with my mom as a drama teacher, so maybe I should get her into some RPG in her retirement years. I think she would love that. <laughs> this is group storytelling is what it is. You've yeah. got one person, the dungeon master, <clears throat> whose job is to build the world, but the world isn't good without any characters. And that's what the, the people come and provide. They provide characters to sort of move and live in this world. I mean, it sounds really fun. And look, one day when we're able to hang out with our friends again in close quarters, maybe we'll be allowed to play. But I'm going to get straight into the show. I want to know, how did you, how did this experience even find you? Did you seek it out or were you sought? So I, I was, it was 2018, I think it was September. Uh, I was in a work meeting and someone texted me. So I pick up my phone uh, and it's some, it's one of my friends who, who has some connections in, with Hollywood and Netflix in LA. And he sends me this casting call. He's like, you should definitely be on the show. And I'm looking at the casting call. I'm not really paying attention. It's a work meeting. And I just see like seeking South Asian singles. I'm like, oh, this is spam. He's just sending me spam <laughs> about South Asian singles. So I turn the phone over, ignore it. By the end of the meeting, I've got six more messages from people all over the US who have seen this casting call. They're like, you have to do this. They're, they're, they cover oh. all spectrums of race, age, gender, and they're like, you have to do this, you have to do this, you'd be a great fit. And I'm looking at it, someone's like, well, okay, I don't want to do this, but if <laughs> it will get you off my back, I will apply for it. Wow. <laughs> and so I do an interview with the producers, I fill out some paperwork, I keep going through the process, and I start learning more and more about the show, and I think, actually, okay, I, I didn't want to do this in the beginning, but I kind of want to do this now. Like, this sounds interesting, there's appeal here, and at the very least, I get to, like, maybe travel a little bit, maybe meet some other cool Indian people, get to work with a Netflix crew. Like, I don't think they're going to pick me. I'm too weird. I'm not handsome enough for this show, whatever. So <clears throat> they start interviewing my family. They start interviewing my grandparents. Every year. This is routine. They do this for everybody. Uh, and then in February, you know, I'm getting a little nervous because I haven't heard back. And I'm like, well, they're just kind of dragging this out. And they give me a call and say, okay, we're going to be at your house in March. Get ready. <gasps> Oh my God. So it all just, that's, see, that's these reality, these reality producers, they do, they go quiet. And then all of a sudden it's like, I, I cover married at first sight. And then they're like, oh, you're getting married in two weeks. Just FYI, you might want to buy a dress. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But then that's the great thing too, is because people will always assume that like, that all reality TV is the same, that it is scripted, like that because you have so little time to prepare, you have to be handed your lines, you have to be force-fed and spoon-fed everything. But like they really did make this with the intention of making a docu-series. Mm. So when you 
see me like getting weird and nervous and rubbing my toes together under the table, it's because I had no time to prepare. Yeah. That I didn't, I literally ran out of my house because they were like, okay, you're going to dinner with Manisha. And I didn't think about what shoe wear I was putting on. <laughs> and I just, you know, that's why I wore sandals on the first day. Um, but I mean, but they were never, they never like force fed us lines or anything like that. We were always very kind. And like the only thing they ever said was just, can you say that again so we can get it? I think it was pretty bold of you to embark on this journey considering, you know, first dates are awkward enough. I mean, I would not be wanting my first date filmed, let alone for a Netflix series. I mean, you're like shot into superstardom all of a sudden. Has that changed your life at all? It hasn't, it hasn't. I mean, that's one of the weird things about living in a pandemic, right? Is that no one, I don't right. have masked hordes of single women throwing <laughs> themselves against my door. You, you don't? know? <laughs> <laughs> I have the electric fence up right now at nighttime so I can sleep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like zombies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, but it's, it's funny getting recognized when you go out in public because it happens so rarely you kind of and I forget about it. Like I was canoeing with my family a few weeks ago on the river, uh, just me and my cousins and my aunts and, and I'm canoeing. And then we start hearing people here screaming. We're go passing under a pedestrian bridge and I hear people screaming and I'm like, oh God, is someone gonna jump? Like what's going on? So I look up and I see this crowd of Indian college students waving at me. Oh my God, they're screaming for you. And I'm like, oh God, <sighs> hi. <laughs> and you just stand up, you rip your shirt off and you're like, I've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> off. It was already off because it was hot and we were on the water and I was just... You're like, yes, it's me, it's Vyasa, your dreams have come true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny you say that you don't have hordes of women banging your door down because when I posted to my social medias that I was going to talk to you, I mean, every second comment is just from women saying, oh my God, he was my favourite, put in a good word for me. Can you give me my number? <laughs> Wow. No. <laughs> you made an impression. It's true. It's it's evident. Um, yeah, like not they may not be banging down my door, but my virtual door for sure. They're all like there's so many messages coming. And I thought like at this point they've had to slow down. We're more than like four months, three or four months now into it. Yeah. And it's got like things have had to slow down by now. People have gotta be calmed down, but no. No. Sliding into them DMs. They are sliding. And that's the other thing about a pandemic is that no one has sex. No <laughs> one is having sex right now. So right. everyone is just sitting at home, frustrated and alone and angry. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, he's cute. <laughs> Even couples. I mean, I think my friends that are living with their husbands right now, they're having less sex than anyone. It's just like, get away from me. <laughs> it's all fun and games for two weeks when mm -hmm. you don't have to work. You don't have to go into the office and you can just be like, let's play that song, work from home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. and, <laughs> and then the first two weeks pass by, like, uh, wait. <laughs> this is rough. Yeah. So are you, I mean, I suppose it's difficult to officially be dating, but are you talking to anyone you're interested in at the moment? So it's funny, I have been doing the Zoom dating thing a little okay. bit. I, I've been saying like, oh, there's no way I could do this. There's no way I could do this. It's too weird. And like right now is not the time to get, like most of these people who are messaging me aren't in Austin. They're all around the world. So I don't want like, how are I going to see someone in Toronto? You know, it's not an easy flight to get and we shouldn't be flying anyway. So it's like no sense in starting one. 
But, you know, I, I have started a little uh, Zoom dating thing with, with, with another person, and uh, she's, it's been wonderful. Uh, she is the female version of me, which is great. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's me all night. No. Um, like, like, this is fantastic. It's great. It's just everything I want in a woman is myself. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. She is, different. she is different enough that she can mercilessly tease me, uh, which is also what I like. Um, but it's been really nice, actually, just because it, it, having a Zoom meeting that I look forward to is really, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just, Zoom fatigue is real. We all know that. Video fatigue is real. And this is a person who I actually enjoy, you know, taking the time out and calling. And I get very excited when she calls me and I call her. Like, we, we've we been talking a lot and things, things are really good. So, you know, I am I was more open to it than I thought I would be. And, it, and, and you know, well, that's the thing. When you try something new, you, you actually do enjoy it sometimes. Sometimes is the caveat there. <laughs> sometimes. Do you think uh, you are more open to a love marriage than a matchmaking marriage? I mean, I've always said you can't control who you fall in love with, right? Yeah. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You know, you put, yeah, sure, love takes effort, love takes work, but, like, it's, I'm still a romantic. I still think destiny has a part to play in here. Like the person you, you're you waiting for is out there. Mm -hmm. um, I, the reason I went along with the arranged marriage where I was like, what the hell, I'll have fun. And if I, cause I'm like, I, I, if this person feels like they're being pressured into this by someone else, or if it feels like, you know, I'm being pressured into it, like, well, then I can just stop it and be like, nope, yeah. don't want to do this. Like I can call it quits or cold turkey anytime I want, you know, I, and the other, I'll make it clear to the other person that like, they can call it quits and cold turkey whenever they want. Because yeah, like I'm, I was going to turn 30 when I was on making the show. I just turned 30 recently, but like, it was never a pressing thing. When I was like, Oh, you're going to turn 30 time to get married. It was just like, where, what do I want the rest of my life to be like? What do I want to start thinking about in terms of a partner, in terms of a family? Cause those are things that I know that I want. Uh, so how do I like get there? What are the steps that I need to do to take there? And, and this was a way for, for that to possibly happen. And I was like, well, let me at least try it. And yeah. worst case scenario, if it doesn't go well, now I can critique it with experience. Because before, I was just like every other Indian kid out there who's like, oh, right, that arranged marriage works my parents did. I'm not going to do that. It's what my parents right. did. Yeah. yeah By I default, think... anything your parents do is not cool. It's why you have kids doing vodka eyeballing instead of just drinking vodka through their mouth. <laughs> or even worse, those ones that are soaking it in a tampon and then putting it in certain orify. <laughs> I'm so sorry I said orify. No, orify is good. That's the correct term. Good job. <laughs> is it? I didn't even know. I just took a wild stab in the dark, so to speak. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I need to stop myself. Oh, Lordy. So are you still in contact? <clears throat> are you still in contact with anyone from the show? Getting right back to uh, business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I... Manisha and I are still texting and hanging out. She's a good friend of mine. Rashi and I will text every once in a while. She's also a good friend of mine. I mean, that's the great thing is like, even though things, that's my favorite thing about this kind of, this project is that we met so briefly, but we made a lasting connection. And it doesn't matter that it wasn't romantic. I made really awesome friends. And I'm so thrilled that I know these badass Indian women in my life. That feels really, really cool. And like everyone in the cast, we're on this Facebook group and we chat and hang out sometimes. And like, just, it's really cool to see everybody because we have this very, our shared experience that we would not have been brought together for. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah. We have this very weird shared experience that without it, we wouldn't have been brought together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Apana, I spoke to her a few weeks back. She said the same thing that, you know, it's a really nice to be able to reflect with the 
rest of the cast on this very strange experience that you all went through, which I think is important, you know, to it bonds you in a way. It definitely does. It definitely, definitely does. I feel a strange kinship with them all. Like, I'm like, yeah, we're the same. Nadia looks like, you know, $10,000. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she has been posting some incredible shots on her Instagram recently, like this sexy bride in leather and nose rings. And I'm like, damn, girl, yes. Yeah. She's getting it. She is getting it. Like all of my cousins follow her on Instagram, male and female. And they're just like, yeah, she great. Well, it's great too, because my cousin uh, Ruby in New York actually knows uh, um, knows Nadia. They, they used to dance together in the same dance trio, which was incredible to find out. We were watching the show, all of us are watching the show for the first time and we're like on Zoom together so we can like compare reactions. And as soon as we see Nadia, my cousin starts screaming. She's like, oh my God, I know her. Does, <laughs> does Seema, um... See my auntie, does she get around to doing a lot? Of, is there a lot that goes on behind the scenes that we don't see in terms of her process? No, she's pretty much exactly the same as she is on screen. That was the thing I really appreciated about her is that when I first saw her, like she's like, her process looks exactly the same. If anything, it's probably just more boring watching her because she's just reading paper documents and like, uh, nope, <laughs> next. All right, maybe. Like she's very like, that's that's her process. She just like looks and like reads and thinks. That's yeah. Well, that, that's not like there's no magic formula that she has. It's really just pen and paper and trying to map it out and getting on the phone with people and, and hustling. That's Seema is like that's what's so impressive about this whole business is that there are so many matchmakers out there, so many matchmaking services out there, and so many quizzes and questionnaires and you know okay cupid things that like have you do like so much stuff. And Seema is just an old school hustler. Yeah. She's just straight up hustling. <laughs> she getting shit done. She is. You know, and I think like all the criticism of her and the show, like I, I get them, they're valid, it, it, it's true. But I, I think at the same time, as much as you want to criticize Seema, you got to respect the hustle. You know, you yeah. have to respect that like woman is hustling. Hey, I mean, look, if she wants to find me a man to send to Australia, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm down, I'm down. <laughs> I mean, if things don't work out with your new chat buddy, I don't know quite what to call what to call the situation. Chat, chat buddy sounds a little dirty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's okay. <laughs> Would you consider coming back for a season two? You know, I thought about it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'd do it again. It was fun. Like, I had a good time with it, and it, like, I, I hope this time, you know, they'll they'll let me travel a little bit because I like everyone else was jet setting to Chicago and New York and all these other things. I'm still sucking off. I mean, I love Austin. Don't get me wrong, and I love showing Austin off. And I'm like, I want to go to Chicago. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be fun. Uh, no, I would do it again. I think like, yeah, if, if, I, if I if I am still single at that time when they decide to do season two and they approach me, I would probably do it again. Sure. Um, even if I wasn't single, I would have a conversation with my partner and be like, hey. Would you be okay with us getting filmed for like the first episode just to let people know like we're okay like things yeah. are great i think that would be great because that was one thing that um people uh, had complaints about is that there was a, la a lack of resolution as well in a lot of the couples and you know they sort of set it up looking like there was going to be a season two because they brought in the final girl uh, you know, five minutes from the end of the final episode and its new introduction of this new character. So 
hopefully, you know, there's going to be a season two. Who knows? I think they were planning for it. It's what it looks like anyway. Yeah, they're definitely planning for it. I think, again, the pandemic threw so much off. Like, this is a show that you cannot really go into production over Zoom. You kind of need to be in person for it. Uh, I think the other thing is, too, like, Netflix did not... No one really knew who was going to watch this show. Yeah. And if you think about it, it is like... It's not 90 Day Fiance. It's yeah. not The Bachelor. But it's it's also, like, not really like any other Indian show that exists right yeah. now in the world. It's also... No other show has been shot with cameras like this. Like, the cameras they were using were hideously expensive. It's yeah. why you can see every... Like, if you can... Freeze the camera and count the number of blackheads on my nose. You oh, know, like I, I zoomed in and I counted your nasal hairs. I was right up in there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, can you send that to my doctor when you get a chance? And my barber. Uh, <laughs> but, like, that's the thing. They didn't really know who was going to watch the show. They had no idea who was going to watch the show. They were like, well, we know that there are Indians living in the U.S. We don't know really how many and how many of them would be interested in this. Uh, we're pretty sure that, like, in India, people will watch it, but what's our U.S. audience going to be look like? And what they didn't realize is that they had accidentally made a crossover hit, that yeah. they had roped in all the people who love reality TV, they had roped in all the people who loved trash TV, they had yeah. roped in the Indian audience that wasn't into that before, and the American audience who was like, oh, like, this is different, what's going on here? It was just worked, it just really worked. And even here, we have a huge Indian population, um, especially in Melbourne, so... Like, it was very popular over here as well. I mean, you know, it just blew up. <laughs> it really did. It really, really did blow up. I mean, I watched my Twitter followers go from 800 one day to 10,000 the next. Holy crap. It was nuts. It was insane. Like, it blew up so, so fast. And it was just, it was gorgeous to see, but it was also just, wow. We know Because no one expected it to do so well. Literally no one. But we just, that's the thing, like the Indian grapevine is, is that powerful. I tell my friends, they tell their friends, they tell their auntie, and the next thing you know, all the aunties around the world know about it <laughs> in a flash. That's so good. I do want to talk a little bit, uh, you were very, you made yourself very vulnerable on the show talking about your dad being in prison for almost 10 years and you growing up without your father around. How was that? How was that received from the public? And what did it feel like to you, for you to open up about that? You know, it's funny because initially I really didn't want to talk about it. Initially, I was just like, I don't see why this is relevant. Like I brought it up once in an interview as like a passing thing, but I made it very clear. Like, I don't see how this is relevant to who I am now because this all happened a long time ago. I've moved past it. Like I clearly like don't need to bring it up to a person in terms of a relationship in that way. Just like, like, so but they kept making it clear, like, no, but we want to learn more about it. We want to learn more about you in this context. And so I decided, well, okay, look, this is going to get used. You know, it's going to be me staking a claim on my story. And let's yeah. be real. The story is a matter of public record, right? Anyone can Google it. You don't need a law degree to find the case. Uh, it's pretty much a matter of public record. So I was like, look, I'm not going to let some other person claim the story and say, like, I discovered the truth. You know, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say it. and I'm going to take ownership of my story. And it was tough. It was really scary and hard. Mm -hmm. But I did it. And I think what it came down to as well is I didn't rec recognize it at the time, but one of my friends told me, you turned v vulnerability into activism. And I said, I don't know about that. Let's call it outreach. Let's call it <laughs> outreach. Let's say if I can if I can get up and tell my story in front of Netflix, then maybe you can get up and tell your story to two people in your life, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the... <sighs> The truth will set you free. I mean, I'm quoting my my experience with NA and AA meetings here, but that is part of my history. And you know what? Like, it has been so freeing and healing for me to speak 
openly about that stuff just with my family and look on a podcast. (laughs) Good job. Thank you. Thank you. So you know what? Like if you can do it on a platform as big as Netflix and show that vulnerability and show, you know, that you have healed from that and you're not angry, um, I think that's pretty incredible. It gives people hope that if they might might be going through something similar, that there is another side to it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's how we heal. Let's heal the world, everybody. Vulnerability heals the heals world. Heals the world. Really, yeah. Just because it's like, because it, you're willing to be honest and truthful with yourself about things. It's how you move forward and it's how you deal with this shit and move on. Because there was a long time where I was angry or I really did struggle with anger issues. And it was only through being vulnerable and really like foregrounding that vulnerability that I was able to move past it and just make a life for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like it wasn't hard and it's not like it wasn't difficult and it's not like I don't get spooked or scared anytime someone brings it up, but you just, you deal, it becomes part of what you deal with. It becomes part of what you carry. Uh, and you have to, you have to not let that be a weight in that way. You know, mm-hmm. it becomes a part of your story and you have, if you're not willing to lay a claim to your story, you're creating the space for someone else to lay claim to it. Well, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for sharing the story on the show. Um, it was a funny scene when you're sat down with your friends and you're talking to them about the situation and you're like, oh, have, I'm sure I've told you that before. And they're like, uh, we would remember. It's not really a small thing. And you're like, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, that scene was tricky because I def- that was my actual reaction. I was like, I actually thought I had told you this before. I'm really sorry that your reaction is going to be caught on camera. But here we are. There it <laughs> because is. I have talked about it. I am like willing to talk about it with people, especially my friends who ask about it or when it comes up. And I've known these people for a long time. Like people I was sitting with, I've known them for three or four years at this point. Yeah. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this came up. No? <laughs> well, shoot. Well, uh, whoops. Oh. <laughs> and they're just like, <laughs> Basically, it was, yeah, a lot of gasping, a lot of, a lot of just uncomfortable laughing, uh, and then a lot of like off camera, like calming down, like, it's okay. You know, we'll just roll with it. We're all fine. No one's dead or dying. We're just gonna. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was wild, and we were very lucky as viewers to be able to see that that moment in action. Oh my goodness! A huge part of Indian culture, and we saw a bit of this on the show. Is you know these people that read photos and astrology plays a huge part and importance in the Indian matchmaking experience. Is that something that you are interested in or subscribe to in your own life? I mean, if I had known that they were going to use stuff for a face, like take stuff to a face reader and consult an astrologist, I probably would have said like, I don't even know that. Like. You guys can do it, but I don't even know, like, my results and stuff or, or that kind of information. Like, they were nice to you. They they weren't nice to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love a good astrology meme. There are some great astrology memes out there. That's and, like, there's some just great scatological humor that comes with astrology. Oh, God. Is, just... <laughs> <laughs> is there? <laughs> you know, it's it's just a good... It's There's some good stuff that exists in that oh, scene. Uh, but... Does it, do I feel like it guides my existence or rules my personality? Eh, not really, you know? I mean, it's fun to read and think about sometimes, but I live with my I live my life the way I live my life, and if that happens to be done by the stars, well, I'll figure it out later. Um, and with the whole, like, astrology with weddings, too, honestly, in Indian culture, 
most young people don't subscribe to it anyways. It's mostly an older thing, but it's often used almost always just create drama. If there's one thing I know about Indian people, it's that we love drama. You gotta have drama. And there's a, it's an easy way to create drama. It's like, oh, the stars aren't right. You guys can't, marry, can't get married for six months. Or if you want to create real drama, oh, no, no, no. These two shouldn't get married. It's going to create problems. And it's like, and if the two people actually want to get married, they're like, well, we're just going to get married anyways. <laughs> See, that's what I thought. Because then it sort of instills this seed of doubt in the couple. It's like, oh, well, you know, I thought I loved this person, but I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> Well, it's also, you also have to think like, too, does this create more business for the matchmaker if that match doesn't work out? Well, maybe. I mean, I felt for Rashi because I think she was told that if her match with you didn't work out, her future was bleak. And in the moment, I gasped, bleak? Don't be putting that on TV. That poor girl's going to see that and be like, all right, well, I'll just go crawl into a hole and die now. Because <laughs> No one will ever love me. Uh -oh. oh, well. Guess I'm getting six cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she works as a vet. She could very easily get Oh, yeah, six. she does. <laughs> that's I the thing. Like, Rashi has said it very publicly, too. Like, yeah, that sucked to hear it. But, like, I don't, she's just, like, a happy-go-lucky person. She's like, yeah, well, doesn't really apply to me. I'm, I'm clearly living my best life and uh, moving on from it. It's, it's, it doesn't, that's the thing. It's. Almost, and what I also noticed too is that it's almost always about the women. It is almost oh, yeah. always there is something that's going to happen to the women, or there's something wrong with the women. That's consistently what they come up with, and it is the most frustrating and aggravating part. It's not that, but I will not say it's surprising because well, really, like, probably... was any was any woman surprised? Any any woman surprised that the way they were talked about or treated? No, because it's a, that's there's misogyny. It exists. Mm -hmm. We know it's a real thing. Um, Look, I'm sure, I'm sure we bring it on ourselves. <laughs> you haven't been on the show before, but every episode I get on my soapbox and I fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> but seriously, fuck the patriarchy. I mean, like, Rupam is a doctor. Yeah. And they don't talk about it at all on the show. Mm -hmm. You know, they will go to great lengths to establish how quirky and fun and kind and caring I am and how quirky and fun and kind and caring Rupam is well that actually talking about what Rupam does yeah isn't that interesting yeah no, 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 no. so I just want to ask you finally your opinion look do you think in this kind of modern tinderverse that we live in with all of these different dating apps is matchmaking antiquated now is it still relevant i think it is still relevant uh because i think there are always people who will need more help than just a dating app and not help in the sense that there's something wrong with them but in the sense that that's just not the way they're wired it's just mm -hmm. not and you know the dating apps are not necessarily the the most healthy thing to use all the time for every person it's frankly for me it's like using i had to get off apps because it's really hard to sit down across from a person when you've messaged 10 other people saying hey what are you doing tonight hey what are you doing tonight and you know that they've messaged 10 other people saying hey what are you doing tonight hey what are you doing tonight because it creates the sense of like temporariness and illusion and you have nowhere else to go but down that's the other thing people always have told me is that dating apps you start out at 100 because you're like, oh, this person is cute. They're funny looking, like all this other stuff going on. Uh, and then the second you sit across from them, it's like, mm, nope, didn't see that on the picture profile. Nope, 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 nope. It's just an immediate list of nopes that comes out. Yeah. And that's that's, that's really difficult because when you meet someone organically, you know, you don't start at 100. You start already suspicious or like, this guy is kind of weird. 
all right, let's see what happens. And you kind of move forward and you grow to learn more about them. And what like, what it come off as like, a, oh, that's a deal breaker is like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's different, you know? And you like, you, you, you grow into something. Um, and that isn't the rule for everyone, obviously. And it's not the rule for every single dating situation. But I like, I think about the relationships I had that had been meaningful to me. And I was like, well, these were all organic. And that means that, that, that there's gotta be a reason behind that, you know? Mm. Uh, and I think too that like matchmaking is organic Tinder. It really is. It's Tinder but slower. You know? <laughs> it really truly really is. Yeah. You just yeah. You, like you meet people you know that have been picked for you by someone. You look at their picture and their and their and a list of information, and you decide yes or no. And then you go on a date. You know, and you start talking, and you learn. And like, I just I think mean, the intention is different because with Tinder, you know, the intention is to smash. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. Be, smash. You know? <laughs> That's such a horrible word. Like, literally, just gave me chill. <laughs> right but that's how people talk about it i know it's true yeah, yeah. at least for those you of you listening at home i would never ever use the word smash in any <laughs> other context yeah, in, you in, said this, it in, in a public setting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's true like that's that's why they had to invent tinder for friends or bumble for friends because yeah. people just were like wanted to meet people and wanted to make friends with people um and it, it's become a situation where it's just like you know Sex happens. Let's yeah. find a way. Let's find a way for it to happen. Um, I mean, I remember when I was watching the series, watching Akshay and how he's met 150 girls, or you know, I'm like, he's just swiping. He's just swiping left on every all of these girls. But like you say, it was slower than Tinder. So yeah, you're absolutely right. But um, I think that that intention makes a huge difference. At least you know the other person is hopefully willing to get married in Akshay's case maybe not <laughs> maybe not yeah no it's you're right setting intention is important and it, it creates a weird like Manisha was saying you know most people don't talk about these kind of things in their first date or when the beginnings of relationships it's like you just you're at a different level with this person you know yeah. it's like being out with your friends and then being the sober person because I don't drink and so I'm always the sober person I'm like oh everyone's on a different level than I am I have to get a little crazy to match their level <laughs> but, but the problem is I get too crazy and I get way worse than them and all of a sudden they're the common reasonable ones. <laughs> I was going to say, you're pretty hyper anyways. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I don't know what you're like when you're the, when you're putting on your crazy. <laughs> oh, no. Cra crazy, crazy me is uh, start performing like full verses of Shakespeare plays in public, you know, in okay. full theater mode. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. I've had such a good time ch chatting to you and getting more of the inside scoop on this show. I've absolutely loved this series. I hope it comes back for a season two. And I hope that you'll be on it, whether that's with your new, what did I call it? I'm Now all I can think about is Smash. Chat buddy. I don't want to, I, was, I wasn't going to say Smash buddy. <laughs> it just sounds like the video game, like Super Smash Brothers. You know, that's okay. Okay, okay we'll that's all right then. <laughs> we'll keep it PG. <laughs> <laughs> you're on uh twitter can you tell us your handle so that if any of the listeners have fallen even more in love with you and want to slide into those dms they have the ability to find you absolutely at not g is my handle at not g uh if you're gonna slide into those dms you better have you better make it funny that's all i'm saying at this point i'm reading thousands of them yours i feel like it's a it's a i'm in the college admissions office yeah you know way too many documents you need to make it funny spice it up <laughs> all right those are your rules ladies <laughs> thank you so much once again and i will talk to you very soon 
Take it easy. And you can find me and all your social pipes. I'm at Reality TV and me on Instagram and on Facebook. I have created a new group on Facebook, so it's much more interactive than the current page. Just search Reality TV and me in your Facebook bar, search bar. <laughs> don't make me do the internets, the technologies. I don't know the lingo. Um, but definitely come in and join us. It's lots of fun. You can share your own gossip and news, your own memes and anything else you're up to or anything else you're watching. There's already a good group of us in there and it's only been a week. I will put all the links in the show notes, uh, also on Twitter as She's Pernicious, which is also my personal Instagram. So there's all that information that you have already forgotten. I haven't even remembered it all and I've been saying this for about a year and a half now. So just check the show notes and click the link. Lots of love and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.